Good morning, good afternoon, or maybe it's good evening. Welcome, welcome one and all to the Authentic English Conversation podcast between myself, Ronan, and my friend Marina. Marina is a fantastic human who is living in California in the USA. Marina is a fantastic English teacher who is also a paralegal. She has a lot going on. The aim of this podcast is simple. To expose you to a natural, unplanned conversation between two speakers of English. Sometimes the quality of this recording is not perfect, and that is 100% my fault, and it won't happen again. In this conversation, we cover different topics ranging from employment, life under COVID-19, learning English, being an immigrant, and a few other things. Anyways, without any further ado, sit back, relax, and get exposed to some authentic English. See ya. Start recording now because I can always edit the first bit out. Hi. So, hello, <laughs> welcome. Hello. So, first of all, can you introduce yourself, please? Yes, I can, of course. So, my name is Marina, not Mariana, not Mary, <laughs> not. All those names that you called me before. And that's a very interesting thing because I remember when I was at school, the teachers they used to call me like Mariana or, you know, like. No, they all got your name wrong. Yeah, they did because Marina and Mariana, it's very similar, right? So they used to, yeah, like call me by the, the wrong one. So many. Well, that's not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my name is Marina. I am Brazilian and I live here in the U.S. Uh, I am an attorney in Brazil and here in the U.S. I work as a paralegal and as an English teacher as well. And yeah, that's what I do here. I teach English and I work as a paralegal too. And what was that last bit? Where do you work? Sorry, what was that? Where did you say you work? Where? As a paralegal. Yeah, you, said you teach English and. I work as a paralegal. It's. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a lawyer's office, you know, where it's the job of an attorney, like a lawyer, but paralegals they do the hard work that attorneys don't want to do, you know. <laughs> you do all the grand work, and someone else takes all the credit. Exactly. Yeah, paralegals they cannot represent to the client in court. That's the only difference, you know. So, yeah, we, we just can't represent them and we cannot advise them either. You cannot, like, tell them anything about the case, like your opinion or what they should do. You know, you can't. Oh. Yeah, you can't. It's not legal to do that. But I'm sure so that people a, do it. A lot, research, a lot of research on your end? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to do a lot of research. But uh, the area that I chose to work with here in the U.S., it's the immigration area which it benefits me, right? Because I am immigrating to the U.S. right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it has been helping me a lot, you know, like the experience that I got from the office and to work on my case because I'm doing this by myself. You don't need to have a lawyer to, uh, like, go through your process here to immigrate. So I'm just... It is crazy. It's crazy how many people think you must have a lawyer to immigrate yeah. somewhere. You don't. I think people are afraid, right? Because they don't really understand how it works and they might be 
scared of failing, you know, like getting their process denied somehow, you know. So Make one mistake, they mm-hmm. return the for yeah, example mistake you can just lose it you know and you won't be able to to continue yeah because it's very easy to get rejected you re- rejected so they can like they can deny like very easily they're very strict here like very very strict i don't know how it is in canada but here in the u.s it is crazy so canada is not too bad canada is a pretty easy country to emigrate to like For myself and my girlfriend, it was easy to get the visas to come over. It was a bit of a lot. It's not really a lottery, but for example, when we first moved to Canada, we came on a two-year work and holiday visa. So it's a very similar one for a lot of people. It's like a work permit. You can just work any job you want for two years. And that process was pretty straightforward. Becoming a resident was difficult and becoming a citizen is extremely difficult. but. With the residency application, like my friends have had a nightmare about it. But for myself, my partner, it wasn't so bad. Everything was straightforward. We had to do a language test. We had to have all these documents. The worst thing was we had to have every address that we've lived at for our entire lives. Oh, okay. Yeah, they ask. They ask about addresses here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a lot of addresses. And in every job you've had for your entire life, and it just went on and on and on so much paperwork yeah it is it's a lot of paperwork and like when I came here I came as a student I didn't come like with a work visa or anything like that I came to study because um, after I finished my like university in Brazil I became an attorney I worked as an attorney there and then I decided to do uh, it's like an extension course here like it's in the in the law area, right? And um, I, I had to have this visa. You know, I had to take um, the TOEFL test to yeah. yeah to to be accepted in the university, right? Uh, I went to UCLA Extension. I don't know if you know UCLA. I know UCLA, yeah, yeah right? but I don't know the extension. But so you you went to university in UCLA when mm-hmm. you arrived when you arrived to the U.S. Right. Uh-huh. That's where I went to, yeah. And then I did. And did you say, sorry, can I interrupt? Did you say that you were an attorney in Brazil? Yeah. Uh-huh. So you were a qualified attorney, and then you moved to the U.S., and your degree or your qualification isn't the same? It's not the same, because to be an attorney here in the U.S., you need to take the bar exam. You can okay. work as an attorney. Like, my degree from Brazil does not work here, because it's different, you know. The laws are not the same, so I have to take the bar. And I did take it once, but of course I failed. <laughs> it's so hard to pass. I've heard, I've heard it's a nightmare. Yeah, but of course I didn't study at all. Like I, I just wanted to check how it is, you know, how how the test was. So, yeah. I didn't realize it's a little difficult. Oh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of difficult. <laughs> I think I might not take it again. <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't know yet. I don't think I will because uh, I I'm I'm satisfied with being a paralegal. You know, it's not bad. And uh, teaching, I think teaching is my favorite job. I love teaching. Hey. Yeah, I absolutely love um, like having my students and teaching them. It's super rewarding having uh, like knowing that my students learn from me. 
you know, like yeah. they understand and like I see their face. It's like, oh, now I, I get it. <laughs> yes. I love that. I've always liked the teaching since I started college when I really started my law school. I started teaching, you know, so I should have. And what was, um, tell me about your teaching experience. Like you said you started in college. Mm-hmm. What was your first teaching job? So it was in a language school in Brazil. You know, like those, I don't know if you've heard of FISC. Do you know FISC? It's an international. School. Is it like a chain of language schools? Yeah, uh-huh, it's a chain. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know. I I probably have seen something similar. It's like, like International House is another one. Mm-hmm. I think or English First is another one too. Yeah. So this one is very big in Brazil. It's like top one. Yeah. And then I applied <laughs> in that place, and I got uh, hired. They hired me, and then I started teaching there. Mm, but oh my god, I think my English at that time was so bad. <laughs> I don't think it was that like. I mean, I am confident with my English right now, but it was, yeah, but it was um, 2011, no, 2000, no, it was before, I think it was 2009 when I started teaching, so 11 years ago, 11 years ago, I know my English is better now because I am married to an American and I have to talk to him every day right and he corrects me whenever I say something wrong or like my pronunciation my accent like we work on that right so back then (laughs) I'm like oh my god I can only imagine like the way I talked but yeah so I started um, working there in that school and then after that I moved to another one it was like a a school that they would give you students, like private students, you know, it was like one-on-one, but it was, in the, yeah, it wasn't a group because the first one, it was a group. And then the second one was individual, you know, like the teacher. In the school, in the building. Yeah. Mm-hmm, in the building. Yeah. The, the English school. Yeah. And then after that, I started getting my own um, private students, you know, on the which side, was, yeah, which was my best choice. Having oh my god! One. Okay, so I hate language skills. Yeah, <laughs> I really I don't like them either. Yeah, and just what you said there—it's like you have a group class, and you might have five or six students in a group, and you teach them, mm-hmm. and then afterwards you're going to a one-to-one class. And I don't know, maybe you don't want to say, but did you get paid more for the one-to-one class? Yes, I did. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've worked in schools where they didn't pay you more for a one-to-one class compared to a but, group class. But they only did because it was another school. You know, it wasn't the same. The other one, they wouldn't pay more. Yeah, it was another one. So they only worked with that one-on-one. So that was um, better. That was yeah. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I've worked in some schools where they offer group classes. They offer individual classes. An individual class is obviously a lot more money mm-hmm. than a private group class, but they still pay the teacher the same amount, and that would irritate me so not much. Not fair, right? Yeah, no. Not. It's a business. Yeah, exactly. Just business. So, and then after I got my students, my private students, I, I just continued. I just like I was just teaching them and having fun. <laughs> 
And Did you find that your English improved as you were teaching it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I learned a lot, yes, teaching. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, tell me about it. I remember sometimes I had to explain something, and I wasn't sure how to explain that, you know. And then I had to do some research. I'm like, oh, okay, so that's why. So, wow, I learned a lot um, by teaching. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, about the English language before I became a teacher. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you why we use the present perfect. I couldn't tell you what the past participle is. I knew absolutely nothing mm-hmm. about it yeah. until I started teaching it on a regular basis. And just like you, I'd look it up. And I'd be like, okay, this is a good way to teach it and to explain mm-hmm. it. I understand it. So yeah, yeah, because you were a native speaker, so you just learn. Like what? Yeah. Since, since you were a baby, right? You just learned. It's just like I learned Portuguese. Like we don't learn the rules; you just speak. But like in my case, when I learned English, I learned the grammar rules first, and then I started speaking. And I, I always loved grammar. Always. I remember at school, I would love like learning about grammar and everything. My grammar tasks were the best. I think I told you this before. Yeah, you told me that yeah. before. <laughs> my grammar skills were great, but my speaking and listening, oof, terrible. <laughs> it's obviously gotten a lot better now. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I remember four years ago when I came here, um, I remember my husband telling me like, oh, your accent was so thick because of my Portuguese, right? I used to say the teeth like ch-ch because Brazilians, they love saying ch-ch-ch for everything that has the T, right? So for right. people, uh, too much, they would say too much, <laughs> too much, right. not too much. Or like number two, they would say chew, like chew, like biting chew, right? Everything would be like that. And I had never noticed that. When he told me, I was like, oh, okay, that is true. (laughs) But if he hadn't told me, I would have never known. Yeah. Well, you probably would have picked it up eventually by talking to other people, by noticing what other people are saying. And then you'd be like, hmm, everyone says Texas, but I'm saying Texas. (laughs) Yeah, but it took me a while to to change the way I talk. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to do the same at times, certain words. Um, I remember my first summer in the USA and someone asked me to spell my name. So can you spell my name actually real quick? R-O-N-A-N. Yeah, that's perfect. But the way I would say it would be or, or o. N-A-N. Or O. <laughs> N-A-N. And I remember saying it, and an American chick who was writing my name had to stop and think about what was that first letter I said. So I had to relearn how to say that letter. So now I say R-O-N-A-N. Oh, wow. That's so different. Yeah, but it's just like, that's just one accent thing, and that was only uh-huh. for spelling. But in terms of anything else, I don't usually need to change the way I talk just the words I use. Because I love the way you talk. It's so clear. It's very easy to understand. You know, your, I love your accent. 
every time I watch videos on Instagram, yeah, I love it. It's super clear. It's very, uh, oh my God, I love your videos. They're so much fun. It's, uh, I love your examples. Your examples are the best. I just get a bit creative sometimes and I put some Easter eggs in there. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) They're great. I always show my husband like, oh my God, look at his examples. They're awesome. And then my husband, he tells me like, oh, you should do the same. Like make some like, uh, like, um, like funny examples, you know, he's like, you're so boring. Your examples are like, oh, John did this and that. Like be more creative, something funny, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> anything, anything is good. But I love your channel. Your channel and your posts are amazing. So where where do you get your inspiration for all your different Instagram posts? Um, by just listening to people saying that here in real life, you know, pretty much my husband talking to his friend. Oh, she's gone. Am I gone? Frozen. No. Running? Well, we've lost her for now. Hey, she's back. Oh, oh my God. Is that my reception? Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You're back. Oh, sorry about that. Maybe it's my connection. It always happens when I'm teaching. Oh, really? That is, oh my God. And in the age of COVID, like Mm -hmm. you need a good internet connection. Right, yeah. We have called the company, you know, to get it fixed so it doesn't get so unstable because seriously, every day something happens, but yeah, I don't know what they did. It's not getting better. <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, what was I saying? I forgot. So I just want to say like, your Instagram page mm-hmm. is absolutely brilliant. So can you tell people just a little bit about what you do on Instagram, please? Yeah, so I post expressions that I hear on a daily basis here. It's pretty much what I hear my husband talking to his friends on the phone or just in person or watching TV, TV shows. I love watching them. Uh, So it's pretty much that. I hear that and then I take notes (laughs) and then I Google. I just look for some examples to see how people use that. And then I just share with my followers. And I'm like, oh, it's a very useful expression. Let me share it with them. And I learned that too. I mean, most of the expressions that I post are expressions that I already know. But I, I always think they are interesting to share. And on my phone, seriously, I have a list of expressions, like so many. Every day I'm typing one <laughs> or another expression and then like waiting to post. You know, I'm just so lazy to post. I have to admit. All right. You have to go on, connect your Instagram to Facebook and you can schedule all your posts. Oh, you do that? I do that for sometimes. So sometimes like I'll go to the mountains and I will record 20, 30 videos or something like that. And then I will get a lot of beer and I will type up all the descriptions. (laughs) (laughs) And then I just get them all ready and I can usually schedule them to just go every day or something like that. So it's a real, real handy way of doing it. I didn't know it was possible. I didn't even know I could connect uh, Instagram and Facebook because I don't have that. I I don't have my... I I don't have a personal Facebook at all. I don't use it personally. So So you have for your page. Exactly. I'm trying to really, really try to reduce the amount of social media I use because... 
like yourself, if we have an Instagram page and we're trying to post, post, post and just teach on Instagram, it can consume you, you know, if you're not careful, you can spend an awful lot of screen time on Instagram alone. So yeah, that is true. Yeah. And oh my God, I don't know why I am so lazy to like be online, you know, I don't know why I shouldn't be like that, especially because I want to be active there and I want to get my followers to like, I want them to follow me and like know how, um, how interesting it is to learn those expressions. Right. Yeah. But I'm just so lazy. I, I have to, to work on that. I procrastinate a lot. I hate that about me. I always leave everything for later. Like, oh, tomorrow I'll do that. Or in five minutes. Or I don't know. And I never do it. I hate that about me. I really need to work on that. It's terrible. Well, I mean, maybe it's because when you're at work, you don't do that. Maybe it's because when you're at work, you're like a full-on... I'm going to get this shit done. And then when you get home, you're just like, fuck this shit. I need a break. Yeah, exactly. I'm always so tired. So I just want to rest. So uh, what's the work culture like in the USA compared to Brazil? Oh, it's the same thing. You mean like oh, really? the hours that we work? Yeah. Yeah, it's from nine to five. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. And do you find there's like a lot more people like to work over there? Or is it more rushed or anything? In Brazil? Or in the US compared to Brazil? Um, to be honest, I don't see any difference. I think it's the same thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I don't... Because in Brazil, I had my own thing. You know, I was a lawyer, an attorney, and I had my own clients. So I didn't work for a company there, like an office. Yeah. So I can't really tell how like different that was because they didn't have that work environment with other people, you know? Right. And here I, I had it before because now I'm working from home. I'm not working in the office. So, but the office that I, that I was working, it was very small, like five people. So it's not that big. And, but I mean, I don't know. I think, I think it might be the same thing. Yeah. Because in, um, when we first moved to Canada, one of our friends compared the work culture to Europe and North America. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that in Europe, it's like we work to live. Whereas in North America, especially Canada, you live to work. And I found that really interesting. Mm-hmm. That is really interesting. But yeah, I mean, people work a lot here, but at the same time, they have fun. Right. Yeah, because I remember working in Spain and you take a break in the mm. middle of the day and mm-hmm. have a nap. It's great. <laughs> I love I want that. <laughs> it's such a good way to work. But then yes. I find that in Canada, people are always trying to work, work, work. They're trying to hustle all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends. I think it depends on what type of work you have and how many hours a day you work, right? Yeah. It depends on that. Like right now, um, I'm not working full time. I have I have time to rest. I have time to do whatever I want. But I just need to like make that time, you know, um, like organize my schedule and have like everything prepared, plan everything and like get everything done. But oh, I'm just a terrible person at <laughs> Because I think like a lot of people are now working at home. 
like everyone in the world is more or less working at home. <laughs> you got to be real, real, real strict about your ba- your boundaries and your time and everything because you'd never, it's so easy to, like I'm sitting in my office right now and I need to consciously take myself away from the office to mm-hmm. make sure I get a proper break. But thankfully, it's like 35 degrees and I can just go to the beach, which is a 10 minute walk, a five minute walk. From oh, my house. that's perfect. Wow. Yeah. Lucky you. Right. Mm-hmm. Lucky you. If I want to go to the beach here, it's going to take me like 30 minutes driving. That's too far. Too far. 30 minutes driving and parking over there. It's crazy. Because <laughs> the closest beach from here is Santa Monica. Have right. you been there? Oh, you have not? I think I have. I think I have, yes. Oh, you have. Oh, you've been here, right? Yeah, there's like the big pier, isn't there? That yeah. far as Gumpton. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah, I was there. I was there just one time, and it was busy, and that was in November. Very busy. Uh-huh. It's always crowded, packed, like crazy. You don't want to go there. <laughs> Yeah, Santa Monica is not, it's not the best beach to relax. You don't want to go there. You have to go to Malibu or the other beaches like more up north or the south, like going to like um, Newport Beach or Laguna Beach. Yeah, those are very, yeah, very beautiful and peaceful beaches. Yeah, Yeah, much, much better. Did you grow up by the coast in Brazil? I did not. No, I was born in the countryside of Sao Paulo. So, yeah, if I wanted to go to the beach, I had to drive for two hours and 30 minutes. Oh, no, that's terrible. (laughs) Yes, it was not close. Yeah, I never grew up like by the coast. Never. I miss the ocean. And I think like I'm always tied between the ocean are really big mountains mm-hmm. and I love the two of them but I guess I can settle for the lake because like we have a lake that we can swim in now we only have about another three weeks where we can swim in it and then it'll be too cold I imagine yeah. so yeah we it's had a short a, uh-huh. we had a little trip to um Bishop I don't I don't know if you've heard of it Bishop like Mammoth do you know Mammoth Mammoth yes yeah so it's like that area here in California so gorgeous i was in love with those lakes and the mountains ah so beautiful because for me the beach is my favorite place right but then when i saw that place running i was so in love i was like oh wow this is gorgeous amazing beautiful 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 very beautiful but the lake was freezing it was summer but freezing like super cold I tried to get in, but uh-oh, <laughs> it hurt. I, mean, I, was, I was hiking. I was hiking last week, and there was snow, and that's in August. Yes. And, uh-huh. I mean, if it snows in August, it's never going to not snow. So <laughs> yes. that's what you got to remember about it. Yeah, no, over there, it wasn't snowing, but you could see snow up in the mountains, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because we're at elevation, we're pretty high up already. Mm-hmm. It's like. I grew up by the coast. I grew up beside the ocean. So it's never too hot, never too cold. It's always windy. It's always rainy. But then you come here to Canada and in the town I'm living in, it's like a really hot summer. And then on the flip side, a really cold winter. So it's taken a while to get used to. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Different for me. I, I never grew up by the coast. So 
I don't really know how how we felt <laughs> like growing up yeah. yeah by by the ocean but when I moved here and I knew I could get to the beach in 30 minutes I was like yes that's awesome <laughs> take it. yeah like every weekend I can make it to the beach <laughs> that's amazing yeah it was a big change for me like coming over here and like being able to do that but let me tell you one thing the weather here really like caught me you know like I don't like this dry weather in california it's super dry. yeah i'm not used to it and i can i can feel my skin you know like super dry and my nose like uh, it bleeds sometimes it's not good i don't like it that's the, the that happens to a lot of people here as well the weather can be very dry at times and today is just a little humid i think we're going to have a storm which is a big problem but um like when i worked in the language school all the kids from uh, all the students from Japan, for example, they came over with perfect skin, but it didn't take long for that skin to like mm-hmm. change. And everything, yeah, so. Exactly. Uh huh. And people always told me like, Oh, you have my skin, blah, blah. Because you know, Brazil, the humidity, it's nice. You don't need a lotion there. <laughs> You're always <laughs> hydrated, <laughs> moisturized, but here you need like gallons of lotion. <laughs> it's crazy yeah it's very different but aside from that it's amazing to to live here i just love it it's a very nice place and what advice would you have for any potential immigrants to the u.s Mm, immigrate (laughs) Do 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 it don't be afraid of coming here no, yeah, like if you really have the dream to come, I think you should. You know, why not? You have to give it a try. Give it a shot, right? You have nothing to lose. So, yeah, I had this dream and I followed my dream. I I decided to study here to do this extension course. And um, I got a job after that. I was able to work. And now I'm in the process of getting my green card. And I'm super happy by doing that so just try give it a try you i think everyone who has that dream they they should definitely do it i couldn't agree more Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of people might wait 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 don't wait wait. just jump do it Mm -hmm. and i remember even before moving to canada my dad was saying maybe you should wait a little longer until you have a job secured or something like that. And I was just like, I can't wait. If I wait until I have a job secured, I'm never going to go. Right. Yeah. Do you have any family in Canada? No, no. none. So myself and my partner, we moved here like five years ago Mm -hmm. and we first moved to Toronto, which is a big city. Did not work out too well. Don't like big cities at all. I like smaller towns. I like the mountains, nature. Toronto is not that. Mm-hmm. So we moved to Kelowna. And I remember we arrived off the airplane and it was like 35 degrees, which was freaking crazy temperatures at the time. <laughs> and we had a suitcase and a backpack and an Airbnb for three nights. And that was it. So wow. It was exciting. <laughs> Very exciting, huh? That's amazing. Yeah. No, when I came, I mean, I didn't have a, a job when I came, but I knew I was going to study here. So that was my safety, you know, like yeah. going to school and like studying and 
like passing my tests. And then I knew I would, I would be able to work. I knew after finishing my course, I, because I don't know if you know, it's called OPT. It's a program. No. Yeah. So here in the U.S., when you study for one year, you have to do this OPT. I mean, you don't have to. It's optional. So it's a training program. And this training program allows you to work here. But that's, oh, nice. yeah. And that's for um, one year or as long as the company wants to sponsor you. Like, yeah. And be forever. Right. If they want to have you here. Fine. And then you have to change your visa you have to apply for the work visa and then they, they keep sponsoring you uh, with that visa and that's it. So like I knew I was coming to study and then th that I would be able to work after that. So I was like, okay, th that's fine. I know what I'm doing. I, I wasn't coming here just to study and then I go back. I knew I wanted yeah. to work as well. Right. So, yeah. 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 I knew coming to Canada, I wanted to stay for a while and I knew two years Two-year visa was not going to be enough. <laughs> so, yeah, but we've um, we've since applied for citizenship as well. So we're just waiting, waiting, waiting on citizenship. But because of COVID, every application is frozen. Right. So who knows how long it will take? Delaying everything, so. just like my interview. We are waiting for uh, the interview to be scheduled, but yeah. nothing yet because we applied like months ago. Yeah, it was in the beginning of the year. And it doesn't take long because uh, through marriage, it's quicker, right? Yes. It's much faster. But of course, nothing is happening now, so. Mm -hmm. Everything is slow right now. It's delaying everything. But I don't mind everything being slow. I can take a break. You know? <laughs> I think everyone needs to slow down in life, yeah. so it might be good for some people. Yeah, true. But but for that, like for this thing, I really want it to be quicker because uh, I, I really want to have my green card. I want to be able to travel back to Brazil, like go forth and back, you know. I don't want to have to stay here for so long without visiting my family. I think that's the, the, the worst part about being an immigrant, you know, like being away from family. That's not good. I really miss uh, my parents, my sister. And... What can I do? Have you been home since you moved? Yeah, I went to Brazil last year for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be one year now. It is weird. Not I haven't been at home for Christmas in five years. And oh, it's very wow. Strange. But very wait, strange. you haven't seen your family for five years? No, no, for Christmas. For Christmas. Just for Christmas. Now, yeah, Christmas is like a huge, huge celebration in mm -hmm. Ireland. We love Christmas yeah, in Ireland. Yeah, um, the first time I was home was after three years. And that was, we didn't mean to stay that long. We had some issues with our visa, so we couldn't leave the country for quite mm -hmm. a while. Mm -hmm. And we just had to wait until we got our residency. And that was so frustrating. So it was three years. And that's the longest time I've ever not seen my family. <laughs> Wow. How did it feel when you went back there? <laughs> oh, it was amazing. I got to see my dog. So I was over the moon, you know, the most important member of the family. Yeah. But uh, it was real nice to go home. It was very strange to go home. It was like a bit of a trip or something, you know, it was, uh, it was different to see Ireland after all that time and to see how some things have changed, how some things haven't changed. But one of the main reasons we want to get citizenship is so we can come and go as we want forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No one can do anything because right. as a resident, 
if the government changes, they might change the rules for permanent residence, you know, and they can do that whenever they want. But if you're a citizen, you're safe. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, but for citizenship here, it takes a while. That's different. That's a very different story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah. first you have your residency and then you have to apply for citizenship, but it's only after three years after you are a resident. And then you have to apply, and I don't, I don't know how long it takes, but it's a long process. It's and then all the paperwork as well, and it's expensive. Oh my god! Like expensive. It's I can't tell you how much money. Like easily over two or three thousand dollars to apply for citizenship with everything, with everything, That's all the yeah, mm -hmm. it's really expensive. Like each thing that you do, there is one fee for that. Like they charge you like every little thing that you want to do. And that's why you can't make any mistakes on the applications. Exactly. Yeah, that's why you need to know how to do it. And that's why people hire a lot. That's why you need to call Marina. <laughs> call me. I'll help you. <laughs> All right. So we've been here for 35 minutes, which is awesome because I was not expecting to talk that long. So uh, thank you. Of course. Marina. Thank you so much for inviting me for this chat and for being part of this uh, podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. I love your page, Ronan. Seriously, you are great. You are so Thank funny. you. <laughs> yeah, you're funny. Like, it's so much fun watching your videos and you're doing a great job. Congrats. Thank you. And can you tell people what your Instagram handle is so they can check out your page? Yeah. There will be a link in the description, obviously, mm -hmm. but for those just listening. Yeah, it's English in California. Come learn some expressions with me. <laughs> do it. Everyone should absolutely do it. So yes, I'm just going to stop the recording. Thank you for joining. Of course. Thank you. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the very first Authentic English Conversation podcast. I hope you enjoyed. As Marina said, she is on Instagram. The link is in the description of this podcast, but if you didn't catch it, you can find her at English in California. I absolutely love her English teaching page, as it is the most natural page you'll ever come across. She teaches what she hears and her page is full of natural expressions. Just just check it out. My name is Ronan. This is English on the Road's Authentic English Conversation podcast. Thanks for joining and make sure to stay tuned because the launch of the EOTR website is coming very, very soon. We're going places. Thank you for stopping by.